Listen to The Morning Cry weekdays in December on your favorite podcast app. Just search for The Morning Cry on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen. Father in heaven, we thank you again for this great privilege you've given unto us to hear your word. We ask that your Holy Spirit would speak unto us and revive our soul in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Today I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 9 verse 57 and I read to verse 62. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the hair have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plough, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. The Bible passage we just read is an account of three people and their conversations with Christ. These three people represent three several persons that either offered themselves to follow Christ or Christ called them to follow and the answer that Christ gave to each of them. The first I will call Mr. Enthusiastic. This man said unto the Lord, I will follow you whithersoever thou goest. The second I will call Mr. Reluctant. This man was called by the Lord himself, but he had legitimate reasons to delay. The third man I will call Mr. Compromiser, who said like the first he will follow. However, as a boss, something he must do first before responding to Christ. Now let's look at each of these three men. First, Mr. Enthusiastic. This man made a self-commitment to follow Jesus. And he said, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. You know, one would have thought, wow, what a zeal, what a passion. Look at his commitment. But the one who knows the heart of all men gave a quick check to his zeal. Obviously, the man though zealous, was unadvised. Nobody can really come after Christ by mistake or misunderstanding. If we are to follow Christ, we must set aside our worldly ambitions and resolve not to settle for anything less than heaven. Let us not attempt to combine our Christian faith with secular benefits. Christ has separated them, so let us not attempt to join them on the contrary. The Bible says we must expect to enter the kingdom of heaven through much tribulations. We must deny ourselves and we must take up our cross. Now Christ warns this man that if he follows him, he will suffer hardship and live in contempt. If he cannot bear this, he should not pretend to follow. These words sent him back. However, those who know what is in Christ and heaven to weigh all this temporary hardship against would not be discouraged. Apostle Peter called them inheritance incorruptible, those things that are laid in heaven for us. He called them undefiled and unfading, reserved in heaven for us. First Peter chapter 1 verse 4. 
This is also a note to preachers who preach half gospel, not mentioning that there are things to endure in this world as a believer. It must not diminish what Christ has spoken of. While Christ's description of homelessness is literally true for some Christians who will suffer this as their portion and hearth, it is spiritually true for all Christians as we will never, I mean never, find a true home in this world. Do you know that many people who have been deceived about the true nature of Christian life have resorted to pretense, feign to follow God? Though half-heartedly, many have gone back disappointed and felt deceived. Some have lost hope in Christ as a result of having believed that all their problems on earth will be solved. Brother, I need to let you know that the benefits for believers are out of this world. While there are some benefits in this earth, you can never find true solace in this world. We are not made for this world. And the scripture says we should never be conformed to this world. Understand and accept this fact and it would make your journey bearable. You must count the cost before choosing to become a disciple of Christ. Now because of time, I will come to this second man, Mr. Reluctant, Mr. Hesitant, Mr. Procrastinator. Now this man is the direct opposite of the first. As opposed to him making commitment to Christ, rather it was Christ that summons him. Follow me. Albeit, he needs to make an instantaneous decision. Mr. Hesitant seemed to be completely sincere, but distracted by a conflict of duties. He seemed to be in a situation that warrants or require a delay. The situation of this man practically emphasizes a very important kingdom principle for every one of us. That when duty odes to the kingdom collide with those arising from natural relationships, kingdom duty must take precedence. Yes, I mean it must. All duties, no matter how sacred or significant, are secondary to the primary one of following Jesus Christ. While the Bible teaches us to be kind and good in every relationship, to show piety at home, and to take care of our aged parents, but we must not make these duties an excuse from our duty to God. Perhaps you are supposed to be a minister of the gospel in whatsoever form, whether to sing or in words or in writing. What excuse are you giving? What natural or worldly entanglement is keeping you from fulfilling the call of God on your life? Now this specific disciple was called to be a minister and therefore must not entangle himself with the affairs of this world. You see, there is no excuse that is admissible as a reason for not obeying Christ immediately. No excuse at all. Now if I leave this second man and I come to the third man, Mr. Compromiser, Mr. Half-Hearted. This man, Half-Hearted, this man was a very complex character. Notice in verses the one that this man offers to follow Christ like the first man but acted like the second man. He volunteered himself, yet to limit his participation. He's an enthusiast, but yet a procrastinator. He was almost seen giving Christ a condition. Let me go say farewell to my family, to the people in my house. Brethren, what is there in your house? What is there in your heart or life that cannot stay there with Jesus? 
What is it in your life that you are procrastinating Christ and his service for? This man said, I will follow both. My question is, what is the but that you must place ahead of Christ before responding to him? The response this man got from Christ teaches us that no one who is drawn two ways by his affection is fit for the service of the kingdom because it requires the old heart and mind. Jesus Christ told him in verse 62, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. We need to count the costs, lay our hands on the plow, and don't look back. Because Christ demands our full devotion. It's not going to take a half heart. It's going to take a full heart. And there is another kingdom rule that we are seeing here. Whenever Christ calls us to duty, we must not consult with flesh and blood. Galatians 1.15 and 16 If you are sure it is Christ, if you are sure God is calling you, obey once. The scripture says, God spoke once and twice have I heard. What is man before God that you have to consult with? You know that by bidding your household farewell, you would have reasons not to obey God. It is an opportunity for you to give a second thought to your commitment. Someone may ask, but after all, Elisha went to say farewell to his family before following Elijah. That would tell you something that is very important, that Christ's requirement for discipleship supersedes the requirement of Elijah. Elijah was a man. Christ supersedes the call of any man. Another thing to note about this man is that he does not appreciate the gravity of the moment, the pressing and august character of our Lord's work. There is no time for saying farewells. The work must be done and done immediately. Working with him is an immediate task. We must do that as soon as we come to the Lord. Thus, Christ summoned him to choose between the world and God. You also, my brother, my sister, must choose between the world and God. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other, for you cannot serve God and mammon. Lest anyone will say, Oh, you're just making the gospel difficult than it is. These are not my words. These are the words of Christ. Christ wants followers who have counted the cost. Christ won't follow us who are ready to follow him at once. Christ won't follow us who, are, who will follow him with an undivided earth. As we conclude, we see these three categories of men. One who might have regarded following Christ as a funfair with miracles, signs, and earthly bliss, to the last who reckoned it to be a death sentence, thus needing to say farewell or needing to delay it for the future, for when he is old, probably, we see three impediments. The first man who will not follow the Lord because of earthly desire and comfort. The second who will defer Christ because of earthly sorrow. And the last who will delay because of earthly affection. So we see three impediments there. Earthly desire and comfort, earthly sorrow, earthly affection. What is your own impediment to fully committing to a lifelong walk with God? Very importantly, what should be your attitude Concerning discipleship and following Jesus in a lifelong journey leading to eternal life. I will call your attention to notice the word first in the statement of the second and third man, Mr. Reluctant and Mr. Afathed. They both had something to do first. Let me tell you today that things you are putting first is what will prevent you from walking with the Lord. You need to count your cost. The kingdom of God 
must come first without question. Following Jesus must be first without question. It is time you examine yourself. What is it that is first in your life? Christ cannot play second fiddle. If he is not the first, he is not at all. What is it that you are putting above Christ? Is it your relationships, family or friends, your job or career? What is it? Christ cannot be second to it. If you have made Christ secondary in your life today, you need to repent. Make a fresh commitment to the Lord and acknowledge that it will not be rosy. Be prepared to go all the way with the Lord. Come what me and ask the Lord today that God will have mercy upon you and pray to Him. He would abundantly pardon and give you the grace to follow Him and follow Him even through to the end. Open your mouth and pray and seek the face of God. The Lord God will help you.